Our scripture reading for this day shall be taken from the book of Hebrew chapter 10, 19 to 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, six, we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the cutting that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our heart sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. God bless the reading. Good morning, church. It's real nice to be here this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to speak to you this morning. I send greetings and love from Carmen. Uh, it is always great to, to be able to come here and, and uh, see a few of your lovely faces when you come out to Carmen. So, um, it is nice to, to see that. Okay, first things. Uh, I know that you may be looking at the title and thinking a couple of things. First of all, for you who are, uh, words are a big thing for you. Maybe you're a big Scrabble fan. Uh, I know that famer is not an official word. And so I know for Scrabble fans, I understand it's not a real word, but I still wanted to use it. It is a word we use to describe what I'm going to be talking about this morning. So uh, you'll have to excuse me for not using a proper word there, but it'll work. Uh, also, you may have seen from the title uh, that you would understand what HOF would mean Hall of Fame. If you haven't caught what WOF is, that is the Wall of Fame. And so when I was thinking of a title that I wanted to use this morning, we're going to be talking mostly in Hebrews chapter 11. And so there's a podcast that I listened to from a sports journalist, and this host has been inducted into a Hall of Fame in his lifetime, as well as been inducted into a Wall of Fame. And so he uh, he refers to people that have been inducted into both as a Hothwaf. And so that's the title that I wanted to use this morning, people that are inducted into a Hall of Fame or even a Wall of Fame. And so these things are essentially the same thing. Uh, when you see, uh, but you'll see wall of, walls of fame, more places like ballparks and things like that, where they might have like a, a, a street or something of one wall with all the inductees, where a hall of fame, you'd normally think of these bigger structures. Uh, so I thought that might work for this morning. So as we kind of introduce the lesson a bit this morning, we'll look at uh, a Hall of Fame or a Wall of Fame. And so there are numbers of Halls of Fame, but ones we think most often would be the Sports Hall of Fames and the Sports Wall of Fames. We think of ones like the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto, 
the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. You might think of a wall of fame if, you ever, if you're a fan of the Yankees or if you watch baseball. In Yankee Stadium, there's a big wall of all the Yankee greats like Babe Ruth and others. We see these places and understand that they hold the history of the sport as well as the greatest athletes in that particular sport. And so I was looking earlier this week at kind of just the four major North American sports and their Hall of Fames and how many inductees, at least as athletes, they have. And so the Hockey Hall of Fame has about 293 as of the most recent count of athlete inductees. The Basketball Hall of Fame was around 400. I couldn't quite find an exact number, but it's around 400. The Football Hall of Fame has about 371 inductees. And baseball has the smallest number of 269. And for baseball, that's a rate of about 1% of all major league players that have played baseball have made the Hall of Fame. Baseball is the one that's kind of known to be the most restrictive out of all the sports Hall of Fames. That you really had to prove it to get yourself in there. The Hall of Fame is something that young athletes look to and think maybe one day I could be included and in their name among the greats. Most of these sports have been around for a hundred years or more. And only a few hundred out of those hundred years have been inducted into the highest level, the most honored of the sport. So what makes them great? How did they get there? How did they get to be at the honor of the best of the best? Is it their natural talent? Sure. Natural talent can definitely bring you to a certain level. The gifts that God has given that athlete to, to perform at a high level just has a bit of that natural talent, and that will help. Is it luck? To a degree, luck is involved in sport. Timing and luck play a part, and all these things kind of need to fall in your way. You have to be at the right place at the right time, the right team at the right time, the right coach at the right time. So there's a degree of luck involved as well. Mostly, though, it's hard work. All the athletes in the Halls of Fame have worked incredibly hard to get there. They dedicate their lives, and a lot of them since they were little children, to craft to not only make it to the professional level, which is incredibly difficult to do, but to be considered one of the best ever. These types of athletes don't take a day off. They look at every aspect of their life and say, how can I work to get better at my craft? What can I do to achieve even more? Hard work and determination will bring a star athlete into a superstar. And people will look at them and they will emulate what they did in the hopes of becoming successful in their own life. If they're young athletes, they'll look at these Hall of Famers and see what did they do to be recognized at this high level. And they will do the same. 
They will try to work out the same way they do. They will have the same diet that they do. And they will try to emulate their success. As Christians, we may admire the effort put in to achieve great height in things like sports. But we look at others to emulate our lives after. As Christians, we spend time in God's Word and read about the people that had incredible faith in God, and we take that example of faith and try to implement that in our own lives. Just like a young athlete will look at these Hall of Famers and see what they did, we too look at these people of great faith and see what we can learn from them as we live our own Christian lives. The Hebrew writer gives a number of faithful people to look at and to learn from. But this morning we're just going to look at three and see the faith that they had and how we can take their example and use it in our lives. So the first is Noah. When we look at the life of Noah, we can learn a lot about his faith in God. Noah was a godly man in a world that was far from godly. The Hebrew writer tells us of the faith it took for Noah to follow God. Hebrews 11 verse 7 By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. The pre-flood world was a really, really bad place. Genesis doesn't give us a whole lot of detail about what the world was like. But the Hebrew writer talks about things that were going to happen to Noah that had not yet been seen before. Now there's a number of things that this could mean that could be talked about, but we know that the new things were coming into the world. This was a time when the human race had become so corrupt and so evil that in Genesis 6, 6, it says the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. In a world that had become so bad, a man like Noah would stand out. Noah being a man of God, having a strong faith, obeyed what God needed him to do. He didn't know what was all going to happen. He didn't know what it was going to be like when the flood hit or what it would be like after the flood. But he had faith that God would keep his promise to him and his family. And that was enough for Noah. Noah showed faith in God even though he couldn't see what was going to play out. And we, too, need to see that example when we're looking forward in our lives. A lot of the time we like to plan out everything that's going to happen in our future. 
We're going to work this long and then I'm going to re- we're going to retire and we're going to go here and we're going to go here and we're going to raise our kids to go here and do these things. And we have all of these plans. But sometimes God comes in and says things are going to happen that you can't expect. And we need to be ready and flexible for that. We may not know what's coming and how things are exactly going to work out. But when we have faith, we give it up to God to direct us along the way. Noah was not a perfect man, but he knew the power of God and that everything was everything else was insignificant compared to it. The Hebrew writer then mentions the life of Abraham a couple of times in this chapter. Abraham is a figure that is so revered in history. The promise given to him changed the world. And billions of people have heard about his life and his faith. This is a man that has not faded in history. But through the thousands of years since his life, he has been uplifted as a faithful man. Verses 8 through 10 says, By faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And when he went out, not knowing where he was going, by faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents, With Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise, for he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And skipping to verse 17, by faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son. It was he to whom it was said, in Isaac your descendants shall be called. He considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead, from which he also received him back as a type. Similar to Noah, Abraham went to a place where he did not know what was all going to happen. He lived in a foreign land as a stranger. In that land because that's where God wanted him to be. Abraham must have in that time been scared, anxious, and uncertain about lots of aspects of life. But he had faith that it was where God wanted him to be. Even when Abraham was told to offer Isaac as a sacrifice, he knew that God would raise him from the dead if that's what God wanted to do. The promise was there seemingly being put to an end as we would see it. Here's the promise in Isaac and now he's going to die. We would think that would be the end. But Abraham had the faith to trust in God that that wouldn't be the end even if Isaac was to die at that moment. Abraham waited years for God's promise. And he needed to show the patience in waiting For God's time. As we read about Abraham's life, he didn't always handle that patience well. 
But he continued in his faith, knowing that the promise would come true. There's so much that we can learn from Abraham's life. But one thing we see is his patient faith through all of it. That can be really hard to emulate. Patience is difficult. Especially in a time where we live that we want everything right now. We want success. We want a life that we've dreamed of and we want it now. And it's hard to, for us to wait for God's promises. We may not experience great blessings even in this life that we think are great. But when we show a patient faith, we know that our eternity will be with God. And that that will never end. The Hebrew writer goes on and mentions about Moses. Another man of faith. The life of Moses is so extraordinary that we can look at him and say, how could we possibly emulate that kind of life? Here was a man hidden at birth so that he could stay alive and was raised in Pharaoh's palace given all the things the world had to offer. We see, though, that was not the life that God had in mind for Moses. Starting in verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the, sons of Pharaoh, the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen, By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, so that he who destroyed the firstborn would not touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as though they were passing through dry land. And the Egyptians, when they attempted it, were drowned. Moses understood he did not belong as part of Pharaoh's house. He didn't belong in all this luxury and all that the world had to offer. He knew that that wasn't his place. And even though his own people treated him poorly, he had faith that God had something else in mind for his life. Moses experienced many great things that God did with him. Things that he himself thought that he was incapable of doing. He had all the excuses as to why it shouldn't be him. But in the end, he showed his faith and did what God needed him to do. Moses showed a trusting faith when at seemingly every turn there was an obstacle. God showed Moses and his people what he was capable of 
was far beyond what anybody thought would be possible. The things that God did with Moses, with the Pharaoh and the plagues, leading the people out to get to the Red Sea, to trust that there would be something there, that God would have a plan for them when the time came. We look at the life of Moses and see that we need to trust God as well. To understand that God is capable of doing things that we cannot even imagine. The people, when they got to the sea, said, what are we going to do? We're stuck. Now we're just going to die out here in the desert, Moses. They couldn't see the amazing things that God could do. And then God showed them. God can take us to places that we have never thought we could be. Moses never thought he could be the type of leader that we see he was. But he was. Because God was with him. Our God is great. And though we may not see directly the power of God in the way that Moses did, we still see amazing things that God has done. And nothing greater than that than his sending of his son as our sacrifice to rid us of our sin. So here's three men that the Hebrew writer mentions as men of faith. So what makes them great? When we looked at the professional athlete, we saw that hard work, determination, mixed with some natural ability and a bit of luck, can make a Hall of Famer. When we look at these three men, as well as others, we look at what makes them great. They all lived in times that brought their own challenges. And unlike many athletes, I am sure these men did not go about their lives hoping one day to be honored and remembered. Thousands of years later, immortalized in a Hall of Fame. And even though that wouldn't have been their motivation during their life, that is what has happened. These men and others are examples of faith for us today. Even though they lived thousands of years ago in times different than ours, their faith helps our faith. They were great men because they had faith in God. They trusted God, and so should we today. We also do not go through life hoping one day that we will be honored and remembered thousands of years into the future. That somebody will remember a sermon you gave or a lesson you taught. That's not our motivation as we live and teach. And even though that is not our motivation, our actions and our faith can make a difference far beyond what we think is possible. Many times as humans, we like to limit ourselves, that we can only do so much. I'm only one person. I'm only me. How much could I really do? 
And as we see in Scripture through these men and others, if it's just us, we can only do a little. But when God is with us and we have faith in God, then we can do things that we cannot even imagine. God can use us in amazing ways that can have ripple effects far into the future. For some of us, we look back at the history of our family and see that they were faithful Christians. If they weren't, I may not be here. But they were, and they trusted in God. And so for the ones that are here now, I look forward to the future generations and continue to build a firm foundation of faith for them as well. As we look at these men and the faith that has been shown, we look at our own lives as well. We see the kind of faith that we have. We look at these men, and not to compare ourselves to them, but to strive to emulate the kind of faith that they had in their life. That we can have that kind of faith in ours today. We see a man like Noah who lived in a time when humans were so bad that God was sorry he made them. We live in a tough time. And there's a lot of evil and sin in our world. But we can't imagine how bad it must have got for God to be sorry he even made them. This was a time when everyone, it would seem everyone was evil around him. And Noah would not have fully understood what was going to happen when God gave him that command to build the ark. But he had faith that things would turn out the way that God needed them to. He had a blind faith in the plans of God. He knew what his role was, and he was going to accomplish it even though he was uncertain of how it would turn out later. We see Abraham, that God gives Abraham a promise that will change the world. But that didn't come immediately for him. He had to wait for that promise to happen. Have to have a faith faith of patience to know that God will keep his promises. And when that promise was there in Isaac... And then God calls Abraham to sacrifice him. Abraham still knew at that point that God's will must be done. Abraham showed a patient faith that knew God would keep his promises on God's time and not on his. We see Moses, a a man that grew up in luxury of the palace of Egypt and in everything the world had to offer, But he had faith that what God could offer was far superior. Even though Moses did not see himself as the man to lead these people, he trusted God and was shown incredible things. Moses showed a trusting faith as God performed amazing moment after amazing moment to show the people that he loved them. These men and others are listed as examples of faith. At the end of this chapter, in verse 39, 
It says that all these, <clears throat> having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Because God had provided something better for us, so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. We have these great examples of faith and the promise received through Jesus Christ. For all the great things these men saw and experienced, God had provided, has provided something better for us. We have the redeeming sacrifice of Jesus that can rid us of our sin. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit and we have God's word to guide us and direct us. We have an outlook of eternity that was not there before. We look at these men and other faithful people in God's word and we know and we can see that faith can move mountains. That should spur us on in our faith to be obedient, to be patient, and to be ready in our service of our Savior Jesus Christ. Thank you.